Recently, I read that a couple years ago, the Harvard Business Review published a study entitled Consumer Labels, Consumer Warning Labels, let me say that again, Consumer Warning Labels Aren't Working. And I think this is something we all know intuitively, right? None of us read the 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 warning labels on our products to see what we need to be careful of. Um, For example, I ran into a few pointless, fruitless, stupid kind of warning labels like this. This was on a battery. Don't use as toothpaste. I've never thought, you know what? I'm out of toothpaste. Let me get a 9-volt. On a wheelbarrow, not intended for highway use. Oh, good. I was wondering. On a baby stroller, remove child before folding. Oh, thanks for the tip. And so the Harvard Business Review, they agree. They say consumer warning labels aren't working, and we say, no, duh. But here's, they continue the report, because they're Harvard, they write it well, and they say this, warning labels are everywhere. They alert us to the risks of eating unhealthy foods, smoking cigarettes, taking prescription drugs, drugs, driving cars, using power tools, and performing many other activities. Ideally, these warnings provide requisite risk information, allowing people to decide for themselves whether an activity or a product's benefits outweigh its risks, whether to take those risks, and if so, what, with what precautions, like making sure you pull the baby out before you fold up the stroller. And I'll tell you what, our, our children's ministry folks, they are trained in that. They will not fold your child up in a stroller back there. The report goes on, but are our current warnings effective? Do they convey sufficient information for individuals to balance the risk and benefits? Our answer is a resounding no. Our reasoning is that the present system fails miserably at distinguishing between large and small risks. A way to understand what we mean is is what we term wolves and puppies. Wolves are rarely seen, but may eat your sheep, if you have sheep. And perhaps you know well, according to the fable of the shepherd boy, eat you. Puppies occasionally nip. I have a puppy. She nips all the time. But when they do, the results are rarely serious. The problem with our present warning system is that the shouts of danger are for both wolves and puppies. Such a system is of little value. People quickly learn to ignore warnings since they encounter vastly more puppies than wolves. The result is that when a wolf is truly present, people pay little heed. And that's exactly right. We're used to ignoring warnings. Either it won't happen to me, or we see warnings that are just ridiculous. Now, Jesus is going to warn us this morning. Jesus doesn't warn us about puppies and fluffy things. He warns us about wolves. Jesus is delivering to us a wolf warning this morning. He is shouting danger, and we must pay attention. Jesus is delivering a label, a warning label on corrupt leaders that we must listen to, and if we don't, it is to our peril. Listen, when Jesus says beware, or when he says danger, or when he says watch out, he's not just doing that just for fun. He never offers pointless warnings. We would do well to stop. We would do well to consider. We would do well to weigh carefully his warning this morning. 
because it is of inestimable importance. Jesus says, beware of corrupt leaders. Beware of corrupt spiritual leaders. Corrupt spiritual leaders are lethal. Watch out for corrupt spiritual leaders because they can kill your soul. If you've been here, you know Mark chapter 12 is in is an extended verbal sparring match between Jesus and the Jewish religious elite. Jesus faced off the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, and the scribes. And each of these groups didn't just come to him to ask questions. They came at him. They came at him because he was beloved by the people. People were listening to him. He was gaining a hearing amongst the crowds. These religious leaders felt threatened, so they went on attack. And it did not go well, as we've seen the past four weeks. Today, Jesus goes on the counterattack. He does so not just to score rhetorical points, but, but to deliver a warning to us. His warning is this. Beware of corrupt spiritual leaders. His aim this morning is to unmask corrupt spiritual leaders. He's going to ask a question they could not answer, being the spiritual leaders, and he's going to shout a warning we must not ignore. A question they could not answer, a warning we must not ignore. So let's join Jesus once again in the temple as we gather around with the crowd to listen to the man who taught with such authority. Mark chapter 12, verse 35. And Jesus taught in the temple. He said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself and the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is, how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. And in his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would all heed this warning this morning, whether we be leaders or not. Lord, I pray that we would heed this warning. I pray that you would help us to be equipped to be able to watch out for corrupt spiritual leaders. I pray, Lord, that you would help us not to be taken in. I pray that you would help us to be able to have discerning eyes to see those corrupt spiritual leaders and move away from them. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Remember, he asks a question they could not answer, they being the the scribes, and he shouts a warning that we cannot ignore. Now, at first blush, this question, this first point, this question seems confusing, vague, and somewhat nebulous. Now, we can answer the question, but the interesting thing we need to mark here is Jesus asks this question for a specific purpose, okay? We'll answer the question in the course of things, but he asked the question. So remember, the the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, they're all coming to him. They're trying to trip him up. They're trying to make him him look like a fool. He pushes them away. Now it's his turn to ask a question. And he does so and goes on the offensive. Look at verse 35. 
How can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? Now, he's going after the scribes. This is the Jewish religious elite. These were the guys who said, you need to listen to us. We are the teachers of Israel. We're the ones you should obey. You need to listen to us. And so in that culture, they were the culture's rock stars, NFL quarterbacks, and movie stars all rolled into one. And these scribes fancied themselves as the highest authority in the land, and they made sure they flaunted that authority. They wore the trappings of authority. They pushed people around. These teachers of Israel, they, the crowd, they put the crowd into their place, and yet Jesus is calling them out. He's calling them out by saying, here's a question. Here's something they say, and they don't even really understand why they say it. How can the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? And the question there is this. How can the scribes teach that the Messiah, the Christ, would come from the line of David? How can they say that if David himself says this in verse 36? David himself, look at verse 36. In the Holy Spirit declared, that's Psalm 110. So he's about to quote David from Psalm chapter 110. This, by the way, is the most commonly quoted psalm in all of the New Testament. Jesus says, here's what David said. The scribes, they call him the son of David. But here, David's about to talk about the Messiah. Here's what he said. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. What does Jesus call Messiah? What does Jesus call Christ? He calls him Lord. Now, Jesus says, David calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? Now, we know Jesus is from both the line of David, and he's also the son of God. He's completely 100% man and 100% God. And so what Jesus is doing is he's putting his finger on something that they do not understand and could not explain, the scribes. Now, these scribes, they said they could explain everything. They were the ones who could unpack the riddles of the Old Testament. But yet, this most basic text in Psalm chapter 110, they had no answer for. And you might think, what's this, what's this Lord saying? My Lord and all that sort of thing. Well, think about it like this. David should call his descendant my son, not my Lord, right? So when think about it this way. When you're a grandfather and you hold for the very first time a grandson, you don't say, oh, Lord. You don't say, you're my master, right? You don't call him sir. You don't call a baby sir, much less do you call a great, 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 great grandson sir or master or Lord, but that's what David does. And the scribes couldn't explain it. These were the, the teachers of Israel, and they had no clue why. Now, we understand, we understand that Jesus, that Messiah, that Christ would be both son of God and David's Lord and son of David. He was both fully divine and fully human. Jesus was the son of God, not created, and he was also the son of David, born of Mary. See, the scribes had no place for a divine and human Messiah. They thought they needed a revolutionary general, a la George Washington, to throw off the Roman rule. They expected a Messiah to be a man to give the nation of Israel freedom from her great enemies. They had no expectation that the Messiah would be divine, much less that he would die. The Messiah came to deal with trouble bigger than just the Romans. There were greater foes to destroy, and they had no clue 
that the Messiah would come to release mankind from his great enemies, all evil, all sin, all death. The reason David called Messiah Lord is because he existed before him and after him. Why? So we've got to make sure we understand, why is Jesus asking the scribes this question in front of the crowd? It's exactly what they were doing to him. Read back if you have time in Mark chapter 12 again, and just notice all the times these people come to Jesus to try to trap him. Now Jesus, he traps them. And he says, these teachers of the law, they are not as authoritative, they are not as clear, they are not as knowledgeable as they should be. They don't know what they're talking about. Now, this would have been very new for the crowd. The crowd was used to revering these people. And the crowd, they went right with it, though. Look, look at the second part of verse 37. And the great throng heard him gladly. So they're eating it up. Everybody has a smile on their face. They're all smiling big. Man, these scribes are getting their comeuppance by this guy, this hick from northern Judea, he is telling them what for. They're getting, their teachers are getting schooled by this guy. See, Jesus was not just trying to make these guys look stupid. He was trying to show people how dangerous corrupt spiritual leaders are. If they can't ask, even answer a basic question, they, they, they had other problems as well. You see, dishonest, unscrupulous spiritual leaders are among the most lethal people on the planet. We know this. We expect some degree of deceit and dishonesty when we deal with people who occupy the corridors of power. We're on guard when we hear politicians speak or when we see an infomercial or when we hear a financial pitch from a financial planner that sounds too good to be true. But so often, too often, people are not on guard enough when it comes to spiritual leaders. Treacherous spiritual leaders are lethal because people entrust something much more valuable than money or representation to spiritual leaders. They entrust their eternal souls to one degree or another. The scribes were false teachers and corrupt spiritual leaders. The reason Jesus confronted them in front of the throng is because these scribes cared more about themselves and nothing for the people that they were supposed to serve. Crooked spiritual leaders are lethal. Jesus calls this warning out to all those gathered around him and to us too. This warning is meant to arm us, arm us all, against the clutches of deadly spiritual leaders. All of us need to be able to heed this warning. He asked a question the scribes could not answer. Now he shouts a warning. He shouts a warning we cannot ignore in verses 38 through 40. Here comes the warning. Here comes the warning label. Here comes the wolf warning, as it were. Verse 38, beware of the scribes. Now, notice, he does not warn them against dictators or Roman soldiers or drunkards or prostitutes or murderers but against corrupt spiritual leaders. And even more dangerously, these scribes did not deny the truth of the authority of the Scriptures. They believed in the God of the Bible. They believed God created all things from nothing. They believed that everyone had to obey the Scriptures always without exception. 
They believed all the right things, but yet these leaders were corrupt. They were corrupt because they used their position to lord it over people. They were meant to serve, and instead of serving people, they loved and served themselves. That's why they're corrupt. That's why Jesus is saying, watch out, beware, because corrupt spiritual leaders are lethal. Now, he gives us some handles to show us why the scribes were corrupt. And as we see these handles we can be educated as to what to watch out for. Because corrupt spiritual leaders are not just something that was resident here in ancient Israel. This is resident even today. We have to be armed so that we can be able to discern and understand what pastors are corrupt. Because corrupt spiritual leaders are lethal. And so what were some of the things the scribes did that showed themselves to be corrupt? Notice, it's not what they believe, it's how they lived. Jesus gives us characteristics of corrupt spiritual leaders. Corrupt spiritual leaders, there's three of them, corrupt spiritual leaders are out only for themselves. Look again at verse 38. Beware of the scribes. What do they like to do? They like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces. So what do they do? They put on the trappings of power. They go to the place where people are. They come to gain adulation from the masses. They were leaders who wanted to become famous and respected. We need to beware of leaders who are more about their image and reputation than the people they serve. We need to beware of leaders who will not protect people because it might make them look bad in the public eye. This is what the scribes did. They had no thought, no care, no worry of the needs of the people. They thought about themselves. A biblical leader must lead first, must think first about the people that that are in his charge more than his own personal ambitions and desires. Corrupt leaders are quick to take credit and slow to protect others. These scribes, they did what they did for themselves and not for others. That's why they were corrupt. They loved themselves. Now, Jesus is the perfect foil to these scribes. Literarily speaking, a foil is a character in a story who stands in sharp contrast to someone else. These scribes were perfectly foiled by Jesus. You see, the point here isn't just watch out for corrupt leaders and follow faithful ones. That's good. But the point is watch out for corrupt leaders. Trust Christ. Look to Jesus. Jesus was different. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Corrupt leaders are ambitious to be well thought of by everyone, but not Jesus. He had no no thought, not one ounce of selfish ambition. He had no personal agenda. He came to do the will of his Father in heaven. If there was anyone who had the right to be respected, it was Jesus. If there was anyone who had the right to come with an agenda or a couple ideas, it was Jesus. But, in fact, not too long, not too many hours after this interchange, he would be clothed in a robe, and he wouldn't be taken to the marketplace. He would be clothed in a robe and beaten and spit on and mocked. He would get the attention not because he was in the marketplace, because he was hung up on a cross to die. If anyone had the right to be out for himself, it was him. He was uncreated, and yet he created all things. 
He faced every temptation that we've ever faced and yet never sinned. He held all power and might. He was God, and yet Jesus was in it for other people. He was unlike these corrupt, lethal, spiritual leaders who were in it for themselves. Beware of corrupt leaders. Follow Jesus without reserve. Trust no one like you trust Jesus. Corrupt leaders go out to get respect. Jesus came down to be rejected. Corrupt leaders go out to use people. Jesus was used up for his people. Corrupt leaders go out to be revered. Jesus came down to be despised. Corrupt leaders go out to be served. Jesus came down to serve. Jesus is the only leader you can trust without reserve. He is the only one, the only leader that you can look to and put all your hopes into. Corrupt leaders, you can't do. They're out for themselves. Corrupt leaders are always out for themselves. Corrupt leaders are also proud. Look at verse 39. What else did the scribes, these corrupt, lethal leaders, do? They looked to have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts. Corrupt leaders, they show partiality to those who can do something for them or get something from them. These scribes only associated with Jerusalem's rich and famous. They went to all the right parties. They knew all the important people. They had all the box seats at the big game. They had the places of honor. It's a modern-day equivalent of constantly working to be in the spotlight. And Jesus is warning us, watch out, because corrupt leaders, corrupt leaders who associate with the important, who they consider to be important, influential, wealthy, someone they can use, they're not going to have time. These corrupt leaders are not going to have time for the needy, the helpless, the widow, the poor, and the weak. The scribes use their position not to serve people, but to be wined and dined by the movers and shakers of Jerusalem. The, pri- the, the corrupt leaders were proud. They said, we're up here. You people, you're down here. You need to grant us respect. You need to grant us reverence. You need to do what we say we On the other hand, we will go out and mix with everyone of importance and influence in this realm. And and they ignored the lonely, they ignored the needy, they ignored the helpless, and they ignored the poor. But not Jesus. Not Jesus. If there was anyone who could have come demanding complete and total allegiance, it was him. If there was anyone who could come and exalt himself, it was Jesus. He was God, the Son of God. On earth, and yet he was humble. Our Savior, all powerful, all knowing, humble. Power and humility don't go together in our world. That's one of the reasons Jesus is worth following. He's meek, he's gentle, he laid aside his rights, he associated with the lowly, he did not look to be honored, he willingly took the place of greatest dishonor. He's the one that deserved the best but received the worst. He was treated as a slave and a criminal. He was the supreme object of scorn. There was no one that Jesus said, I'm too good for them. It's another reason you should trust no one like you trust Jesus. Corrupt leaders 
are going to look down on others and mix with those people they think are influential or who can do things for them, but not Jesus. Jesus came to look for those who are on the fringes, who are disenfranchised, who are on the outside, who need help, who are messy and troubled. Trust no one like you trust Jesus. Corrupt, lethal, corrupt leaders are lethal. Corrupt leaders, they go out to get respect. But Jesus came down to be rejected. Corrupt leaders go out to use people. Jesus was used up for his people. Corrupt leaders go out to be revered. Jesus came down to be despised. Corrupt leaders go out to be served. Jesus came down to serve. Jesus is the only leader you can trust without reserve. There is no human leader you can trust like Jesus. Beware of false leaders. Beware of corrupt leaders. Corrupt leaders are out for themselves. Corrupt leaders are proud. Thirdly, according to Jesus, corrupt leaders are greedy. Look at verse 40. What do corrupt leaders do? They devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And this is exactly what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. He said, Woe to those who decree iniquitous decrees, that's bad decrees, and the writers who keep writing oppression, to turn aside the needy from justice and to rob the poor of my people of their right, that widows may be their spoil and that they may take the fatherless their prey. What will you do on the day of punishment in the ruin that will come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? He's speaking to these corrupt leaders. And where will you leave your wealth? Nothing remains but to crouch among the prisoners or fall among the slain. For all this, his anger has not turned away, and his hand is stretched out still. That's the bigger context when Jesus says they will receive greater condemnation. His eyes are fixed on them, and they will not escape. Jesus says these corrupt leaders, they devour widows' houses. Now, how did they do that? It was typical in that day and age for any person of property or means, any man, to handle all the financial decisions. The women of that day were not viewed as co-equals. And so when their husbands died and they were given the property and the responsibility for all the financial decisions, they were vulnerable to corrupt leaders. And so under the guise of offering help, the Jewish religious elite, the scribes would come in and rob them blind. Now, these women had no voice, they had no recourse, and they could do nothing, and they would often leave these ladies destitute. Corrupt spiritual leaders don't care who they run over if they get what they want. They will take anything from anyone. They don't protect the vulnerable widows, but not Jesus. Jesus, again, is a foil to these corrupt religious leaders. Jesus constantly gives. Jesus the infinitely wealthy one gave all of it up so he could become, for the sake of others, unspeakably poor. He had everything, and he gave it up for the good of the helpless and the hopeless. He takes up and protects the cause of the helpless. He is infinitely generous. No one has given anything that, that approximates what he has given. Jesus came to give, give, give. He gave up his glory. He gave up his comfort. He, gives, he gave up his power and his throne Ultimately, he gave up his life to enrich the poor, 
to give life to the dead. And He is constantly looking to bless His people more and more and more and more. Jesus is the only leader you can trust without reserve. There is no human leader that you can trust like you trust Jesus. You, have, you never have to wonder if He's using you. You never have to wonder if He's out for something besides your good. You must recognize that there is no one you can trust like Jesus. It is a trap to trust human leaders more than you trust Jesus. It's a great and it's a common trap. It's a trap to trust spiritual leaders more than you trust Jesus. It's very easy to get a feel for somebody, to get to know somebody who's a spiritual leader. You can look at, the, look at them in the eye, shake their hand, get a feel for them and think, I can trust this person. That person may be faithful, but we must trust no one like we trust Jesus. Even the best human leaders will fall, will fail, but Jesus never will. We need to watch out for corrupt leaders. And as we watch out, we need to turn not just to faithful leaders who will present Christ, but we also need to turn to Jesus and recognize that He is the only one we can hope in. He is the only one we can have faith in. He is the only one who can take all of our, all of our future and carry us to where we need to be. Corrupt leaders will use us. They'll spit us out. They'll leave us a husk and all hollowed out, but not Jesus. Jesus is different. Jesus is working things together for us that we do not yet understand, but He is the one who is working on our behalf. We need to watch out for corrupt leaders, and we also need to watch out that we, don't, that we, that we subtly put our hope in leaders instead of Christ. Corrupt leaders, they go out and get respect. Jesus came down to be rejected. Corrupt leaders go out to use people. Jesus was used up for His people. Corrupt leaders go out to be revered. Jesus came down to be despised. Corrupt leaders go out to be served. Jesus came down to serve. And these corrupt leaders, they will not go unpunished. Some of the most frightening words in all of Mark for leaders come forth from Jesus' mouth when he says, they will receive the greater condemnation. Corrupt leaders will be punished more severely than others. It is not for no reason that James brother of Jesus says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Corrupt teachers will receive a grave and terrifying punishment personally from Jesus. Jesus will personally deliver justice to all corrupt leaders. It may seem like they're getting away with so much, but they get away with nothing. Jesus will pay them back in full. Our Lord does not sleep, nor does He slumber. He will not hold back His hand forever. Corrupt spiritual leaders will get, for sure, all that is coming to them. We must trust no one like we trust Jesus. See, the reason we've gone through the book of Mark is to show how Jesus is that one person we can trust. Jesus is that one person we can follow. He is that one person that we can invest our hopes in, our dreams in, all of our trust and attention in. He is the person that we can say, I will follow you because I know you will not lead me astray. Human leaders will disappoint you and let you down. And we must not 
Invest ultimate trust in a human leader or we will lose our way. Even the best leaders stumble, fall, get sick, die. Only Jesus can withstand the weight of all your expectations, all your hopes, and your faith. Only Jesus can make promises and always deliver. Only Jesus can protect you from all foes. Only Jesus is worth giving your life for. Trust and follow no one like you follow this Jesus. No one. And leaders need to recognize that while leaders have responsibility, spiritual leaders are not God. They've saved no one. They merely point people to Jesus. We all have leaders to follow, but we must only trust Jesus. Trust no one like you trust this Jesus. And as you've walked through Mark, you see he's worth trusting. There are some characteristics of faithful spiritual leaders, and we've seen this throughout the book of Mark. I just draw your attention to a couple. Spiritual leaders point to Jesus and not to themselves. Faithful spiritual leaders point to Jesus and not to themselves. Faithful spiritual leaders point to Jesus and not to themselves. Years ago, two Americans came to London and went to hear two of the most famous preachers of the day. After the first, they said, wow, what a preacher. And then in the evening... We went to the evening service at the Metropolitan Tabernacle and heard from the good Mr. Spurgeon. After hearing him open the word, they exclaimed, What a Savior. Spiritual leaders do not lead you rightly if they do not constantly point you to Jesus. Spiritual leaders are going to constantly say, Look to Jesus, not to me. Look to Jesus, not to me. Trust in Jesus, not in me. Trust in what he can do not in what I can do. Trust Him, not me. Spiritual leaders are going to point to Jesus and not themselves. Spiritual leaders will look to serve and not be served. True spiritual leaders will lay their lives down in ways that people don't see. They will toil in prayer and serve in secret. They will look to elevate others. They will be afraid not to be too highly thought of by people. Because it's much more important to trust this Jesus. This, this warning Jesus gives is a warning for all of us, whether we be leaders or not. Watch out. Watch out for corrupt spiritual leaders. But also, watch out that we don't trust anyone like we trust Jesus. Watch out that we don't trust anyone like we trust this Jesus. No one's like him. Christians, we know this. We know we can trust him and follow him. If you're here and you're not a believer, you can follow him as well. He will never let you down. He has died so that you might be able to have life everlasting. All you need to do is trust him and say, you who have died, pay for my sins so that I might live. And May we look forward together as a church Trusting no one like we trust Jesus. Let's pray.
Lord God, I pray that you would give us a just the recognition of how, how, how worthy you are of our trust. Jesus, we see you working and serving and living and dying and rising again so that we might be able to have hope. We see you constantly working for the good of other people. We see you giving and giving and giving and giving. And we are the recipients of such grace, Lord. I pray that you would help us each to have discernment so that we might not trust and corrupt lethal spiritual leaders. Lord, I pray that you would give us that wisdom. I pray that we would be so tuned in with you, Jesus, that when corrupt leaders enter our lives, we would be able to be able to discern and and say, you know what, that's not quite right. Uh, My allegiance belongs to him and him alone. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be discerning that way. Help us not to be taken in. I pray, Lord, that as long as you have our church to exist. I pray that we would be a place that points to Jesus, that lifts Jesus on high. I pray that her leaders would be faithful and point to Jesus. Help us not to have corrupt leaders that lead people astray. Help us instead to be marked by Christ. I pray, Lord, if there's any here who do not know you and are not following you, that they would. I pray that we would not fall in the trap of trusting human leaders, whether they be faithful or corrupt. May we trust you and you alone. For we cannot trust you too much. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.